When you love riding a motorcycle, you want to ride it everywhere, even to a physical. Let's check your weight. Hop on the scale. Look at that. You're down a few pounds. Oh, yeah. Must be the new carbon fiber wheels. And when you love saving money, you want to save even more. That's why GEICO makes it easy to bundle your motorcycle and car insurance. I'm going to prescribe 91 octane for your engine knock, and we'll want to see you again in 3,000 miles. Kickstart your savings with GEICO Motorcycle. Bundle and save on the things you love. From the basement of the Bob and Tom Studios, it's that Josh Arnold podcast. Oh, hello. My goodness. Uh, what is it? Uh, second week of Feb? Sure is. Man, oh man. We're in the thick of it now, aren't we? Winter has us in its icy clutch. <laughs> but that's all right. Let's warm each other up, shall we? Oh, boy, is this show hot today. Mostly because of our guest. Man, oh, man. One of my favorite people, my guest this week. It's you! Oh, how are you? My goodness, it's uh, well. It's great to see you. Uh, you're looking good. I hope you're feeling good as well. And uh, I'm in a pretty good mood because uh, that lady isn't down here today in the basement. I, I, I saw her upstairs earlier. And um, I was like, oh, well, she's here. I guess she'll be working while I'm trying to podcast. But she's not down here right now. So so that's good. Um, I, I, I feel uh, unencumbered. So that's uh, that, and that's how one should feel if they're doing a podcast, I say. don't uh, No limitations. Just be yourself. And I, I have no advice. Uh, I have no business giving advice on podcasts. I'm still trying to figure out my own. So uh, I am uh, thrilled that you're uh, here. If it's your first time, welcome. If it's uh, not, my goodness, thank you for returning. Uh, we have a great sponsor for the podcast this week. An important one, uh, particularly in most of the country uh, this time of year. Our sponsor this week. A coat. Oh, boy, you need one, don't you? When it gets cold out, you got to wrap yourself up in a nice uh, nice warm coat. Oh, boy, because that's what they do, don't they? They provide warmth for our bodies uh, in the colder temps. And, uh, well, that's not all they offer. They can be quite stylish, can't they? They can look good. You don't want a, an ugly coat. You want a nice-looking coat. Of course, uh, when it comes to coats, I always say, uh, function over form. If it's uh, warm and ugly, that sure beats a uh, coat that doesn't keep you warm but looks good. So, uh, what else can coats do for you? They can well, if you're if you're shoplifting, they can hide some of the items that you're taking out of the store because uh, <laughs> coats uh, can be bulky and uh, can hide bulkier items. You know, you don't want to shoplift in a tank top. You want to wear, <laughs> you want to wear a big coat. So uh, I would imagine shoplifting in the winter goes up for that reason. I don't know this to be true. It's just my my guess. So anyway, enjoy a coat this week. I hope you do. I know I will. And uh, <laughs> something else um, that I will enjoy is this week's uh, word. Boy, oh boy, it comes to us from a listener, and uh, 
It's a wild one. It's good. Uh, well, I mean, I think without further ado, let's bundle up in our coats, hop on the old train here, and head on to Vocabulary Station. Ah. Boy, always nice to, to get on board there, and here we are. And uh, Stephen Grimes sent this word in. Now, uh, it, it, this word actually begs. It begs for its own segment in a way. Um, and I'll explain. It's a phobia. And uh, we all know that phobias have really bizarre, long sort of names. And um, uh, they usually end in phobia. Um, and uh, so I could start a, se- a separate segment for phobias. That might be kind of fun to do every now and again. Um, because there are so many out there. And they're usually bizarre. And uh, But hey, that's sort of the nature of phobias, isn't it? They're not always logical. They're just a fear of something for whatever reason. And this one I, I, I really like um, because Stephen's 10-year-old son, Aiden, um, it says here, delights in telling people that he has this phobia. And uh, I've heard of this. I, I personally don't have it, but I know a couple people that do. It's brumotactylophobia. Brumotactylophobia. So you might be able to pick out some of the root words there. Well, phobia, of course. Tactile, tactile. So uh, having to deal with touching or feeling, uh, that sort of thing. The brumo or brumo, I haven't looked up. I don't know what that um, what that means. But the definition of this phobia, it's the fear of food touching other food. So you probably know somebody that has... Uh, uh, whether it be a slight or severe case of brumotactylophobia, where they, on their plate, they do not want the corn to touch the mashed potatoes, and they don't want the mashed potatoes to touch the uh, roast beef or whatever, you know, what? whatever's going on there. They don't want things to touch. Their food has to be kept separate. In fact, maybe you know somebody with brumotactylophobia who have those segmented plates where <laughs> they're like little compartments, like a TV dinner tray type thing so that their food won't touch it's pretty fascinating and i love that aiden goes around and he says you know i have brumotactylophobia and i bet he he does delight in telling people that because he can pronounce such a gigantic word and they don't know what it is so he gets to teach them something how cool good for you aiden and uh i wonder though if people with severe brumotactylophobia can have a cheeseburger where it's a it's a bun with a, a with meat and cheese and and maybe lettuce and tomato and onion and stuff does that bother them or pizza with the the crust and the toppings and the sauce and the cheese can they have their foods touching if it's the same you know if that if it creates a uh, one item essentially um, if you have brumotactylophobia or you know somebody who does let me know if they have to eat. Um, Oh, man, what is that called? Uh, some restaurants <clears throat> will do this where they will have a, uh, oh, damn it. I cannot remember the word, but it essentially means, oh, deconstructed. Like you can get like de- uh, deconstructed cheeseburger and it'll be everything that makes up a cheeseburger, but it's all separated. I went to a place and they had deconstructed um, uh, like chicken pot pie or something. It was, it was like it was either a chicken stew type thing or a pot pie, and it was all 
It was everything that would be in there, but it just wasn't all together. And I've made, I had a recipe for a deconstructed chili, which was pretty good. Um, so, yeah, I wonder if uh, those with brumotaclophobia, I guess it depends on how severe it is. If they can't enjoy uh, a cheeseburger, put together. Hmm. So, yeah, I think we'll do that. I think we'll keep vocabulary station separate from, uh, like, phobia, what could we call it? Phobia um, junction or something. <laughs> so uh, I'll work on that, and uh, may, that might be interesting to sort of explore those. And, of course, uh, never to judge those with the phobias, but to uh, just to discuss them. Interesting. I, You know what? I don't think this is considered brumotactylophobia, the thing I have when it, when it comes to food. I think it's just a pet peeve of mine. When somebody gives me a tin or a bag or whatever of Christmas cookies and they combine the flavors of the cookies in the one tin or the one bag. And then uh, you get cookies that end up tasting all the same and they're not, they don't taste like what they're supposed to be. They just taste like a mixture of everything. I don't care for that. I, I like my cookies to be separated and sealed in different containers so that the chocolate chip tastes like the chocolate chip and the snickerdoodle tastes like the snickerdoodle. It's not that they're mixed up. I, I hate when they're mixed up because then you get like these two half-assed flavored cookies. Boo, I say. And you know what I do? I, uh, I pour the tin out in front of the person who gave it to me. And I usually just sm- I step on the cookies. <laughs> so I'm just letting you know that's what happens. I go, oh, thank, and I'm still, I'm still very polite about it, though, and that's what throws them. I go, oh, my gosh, thank you so much, as I'm pouring the tin over, and they're falling onto the ground. These, oh, my gosh, these look delicious, and I'm stepping on them as I'm saying these things, so they kind of don't know how to react. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, I'm, uh, I, look, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest, I've never done that, but... Uh, I'm going to because <laughs> the idea of that gives me so much joy. <laughs> Just uh, and I'll make sure it's somebody who can handle it. You know what I mean? If it's uh, one of my brothers or something giving me, <laughs> although they all know, they all know. One of my, my my brother John, one of his ex girlfriends, used to make us the most delicious Christmas cookies, but she would ruin it by throwing them all in the same Ziploc bag, and I would yell at her every year. And one year, I didn't uh, pour them out and step on them, but I certainly turned them down. I said, you know what? Keep these. I'm, I won't, I'm telling you right now, I'm not going to eat them. You've ruined them by mixing them. And uh, I was laughing, and she was kind of laughing and annoyed at the same time. And she said, fine, I'm happy not to give you my, my good cookies. So it all worked out for everybody. So thank you, uh, Stephen and Aiden, for uh, that terrific word and... For, well, being the impetus for a a potential new segment on That Josh Arnold Podcast. And that's something I think I'm going to do. I'm going to start introducing some newer segments, and maybe we'll eventually get to like 10 or 12, and they'll kind of change each week. It won't be the same. Now, I'm not saying that we won't get Vocabulary Station every week, because heck, I mean, boy, oh boy, that can't go anywhere. Uh, That's become, well so popular that it would just be foolish to take that off of the uh, the, the weekly podcast. But, uh, well, you know what? I don't know. Maybe maybe we'll have uh, – I'll keep everything that I've had so far. Do you guys like this? Do you like that I'm uh, <laughs> discussing on the podcast what I could do with the podcast? 
Is that <laughs> stuff I could just be thinking about silently before or after? Uh, anyway, I think maybe I'll keep everything that's here now, and I'll just add in a new uh, a, a, another segment, but they'll that'll be a rotating segment. So some weeks it'll be a phobia, and other weeks it'll be whatever. So you know what? We'll figure this out together, all right? I appreciate you being with me during this, uh, well, you know, these rocky times. Uh, <laughs> uh, but you know what? I uh, I certainly enjoyed getting that submission from the Grimeses. And, um, well, you know what else I enjoy? Uh, well, <laughs> in fact, I, I don't know what I'm waiting for. I'm going to tell you about it right now, what I enjoyed this week. Oh! Now look at this. Uh, it's a chocolate chip cookie with arms and legs, and boy, oh boy, is he happy. He's hopping down the road there. And here comes a beautiful snickerdoodle. Oh, she looks lovely. And, uh, well, yes. They meet up and they hold hands and they walk down the street together. And I'll tell you what, it's, it's a good thing they did. Because I'd be tempted to eat them both. But so now that they're mixed like that, I'm not going to do it. Because their flavors are too uh, intertwined. So you go on there, uh, cookies, and you <laughs> you enjoy yourself. You're safe for the time being. What I enjoyed this week, it turns out, uh, Ace Cosby and Chick McGee also enjoyed this week. I was talking to them about it, and they also are fans of a new TV show. I saw commercials for it, uh, oh, starting maybe a month or so ago, and I went, man, uh, this looks like it might be right up my alley, and lo and behold, after two episodes, if it isn't like uh, appointment television for me now, um, I've I'm thoroughly entertained by it so far, and I think it can only uh, it, I I think it's got legs. Resident Alien, it's called on the Sci-Fi Channel, and it is wonderfully entertaining. Um, there have been two episodes so far. I, I believe it airs on Wednesday nights. When I say appointment television, uh, I mean I DVR it and then uh, watch it uh, the next day. So uh, it's one of those things where, you know, you have a lot of stuff on your DVR that you're just like, oh, yeah, I need to watch that. Well, this show for me is as as soon as I realize, I remember, oh, yeah, I recorded that last night. I'm, I'm, I'm watching it. So. Resident Alien. It stars it stars the great Alan Tudyk, who some of you may know as uh, what is it, a pirate Steve from Dodgeball, or is it the Dread Pirate Steve? I've never understood why. If you're a pirate, why you wouldn't automatically go by the Dread Pirates? If you're gonna, I mean, be make it sound as cool as possible. Don't just be pirate. Be Dread the Dread Pirate. <laughs> the Dread Pirate Josh is who I am. I'm not Pirate Josh. I want I want I want the name my name to fill people with dread, to know that that when I'm around they're really going to get pirated, and <laughs> there's no no uh, bones about it. So anyway, Alan Tudyk, a great actor. He's a he's one of those guys that's a chameleon. He can play anything. He can do any accent. He can do comedy drama. He's in a terrific horror comedy called uh, Dale and Tucker. Is it versus evil? I'm so sorry that I'm uh, forgetting the second half of the title. Um, after raving about it, um, Dale and Tucker. Sorry, I'm typing it into IMDb as we speak. Tucker and Dale versus evil. Sorry, 
Um, and it's it's a very funny movie. But anyway, I'm talking right now about his new show, Resident Alien on Sci-Fi. It's a comedy, drama, mystery. It's It's got all these wonderful elements, and it's so well cast and performed and executed. It's essential. He's an alien, isn't he? And uh, <laughs> he has uh, metamorphosized himself into the body of a, a guy who used to vacation in this small Colorado town. And now he's there to stay because um, he's a doctor. The guy was the human was a doctor. Um, the alien is now has now taken his place. All right. So um, he has to now be the town doctor because the town doctor has been murdered. And uh, they they go to him and they say, hey, we need to we need you to figure out, how, a how this doctor was was killed and who did it. But we also need you to be the town doctor. And so a lot of uh, wonderful Wonderfully funny scenarios occur, and a lot of quirky characters and great stuff. And there's some good drama in there, and uh, and it is a, a kind of a fun murder mystery so far. So I really encourage you to check this show out. At least give it a shot. If you don't care for it, that's fine. Um, I would never tell you that you're wrong. It's uh, but I sure sure am getting a kick out of it so far. Resident Alien. I'm sure it's on uh, demand or uh, whatever, or they'll be showing uh, reruns and whatnot. But yeah, try to give it a look. It's a good time. This week is, um, well, we've got a couple things going on, don't we? We have Valentine's Day, which I'll talk a little bit about uh, in a moment. Um, But also, Friday marks the Lunar New Year, or the Chinese New Year. And I have been uh, lucky enough to, to really celebrate a Chinese New Year when I lived in South Korea when I was a teacher over there. Um, the Korean New Year is pretty close to the Chinese New Year typically. The Chinese New Year falls on the first new moon that that happens between January 21st and February 20th. So whenever that whenever the new moon is, so this year it happens to be on Friday, February 12th. And I think the Korean New Year, if I I should have looked this up. I but I do think it's the second new moon. Um, that that falls on. So they do, they, they're pretty close to each other. But there's also a large population of um, Chinese people in Korea and and even uh, many Koreans who celebrate a lot of Chinese traditions. So Chinese New Year was, was a, a thing. And uh, it was a fun celebration. Typically on, uh, I guess what we would call Chinese New Year's Eve, the night before the Chinese New Year, families would get together and uh, have a big meal um, and exchange red packets or red envelopes. Is, I, I don't remember the Chinese word for them, but they would uh, often exchange. There would be a certain amount of money in there. And um, it's an interesting tradition. Actually, married couples would give these red packets to, or they do give these red packets to uh, an unmarried person. And uh, there'd be money in there, which was meant to signify good luck and uh, happiness for the year. And they would have a very nice dinner. And then, you know, for a few days, there's just a nice celebration filled with flowers and uh, the color red is is very prominent in these celebrations and uh, fireworks. And there was a moment, I'll, I, I, I this image has stuck with me uh, for years and I know it's an image I'll hold on to 
for the rest of my life. I was teaching on um, the Chinese New Year, or at least it was, uh, we may have had that day off. I don't quite remember. It was certainly on the day of a big Chinese New Year celebration. And uh, I taught pretty much all day. And so my last class was at night. And it got out around, uh, oh, I, I don't remember if it was 9 p.m. or uh, closer to 10 p.m., but, uh, but around there. And uh, the class got out. And all day, it had been snowing very heavily. Huge flakes. The kind of flakes that just instantly blanket the ground. And uh, boy, was it, I mean, they they were coming down. This was as heavy a snow as I've ever been in. And it was beautiful all day. It was great. And um, we still had classes. They really did not cancel classes. due to The weather had to be... So bad for them to cancel classes there. And uh, this, although it was a, um, I mean, just a heck of a snowstorm, was not big enough for, for them to cancel the classes. So uh, anyway, it was fine. It was fine. So the, it was just gorgeous. And uh, night night fell. My last class ended. And I was looking out the window at the snowfall. Just, and, and the, the city was pretty lit up. Uh, a lot of buildings where I was, and so there were a lot of lights uh, on on the buildings. So you could see pretty well, and you could just see these gigantic, beautiful snowflakes falling on uh, inches of already fallen snow. And I was just sort of admiring it. And there were, you know, mountains in the background. Um, and uh, it was just really cool. And all of a sudden, because of uh, this Chinese New Year celebration, one of the largest fireworks displays I've ever seen began. And to see a fireworks display in a snowstorm was something I'd never seen. It was something I hadn't even considered, really, uh, that, that it was something I could see. And it was as beautiful a thing as I've ever seen. These, th- just the snow falling and the fireworks exploding and lighting up all the snow and still and, and also being kind of covered by the snow so you couldn't they weren't they weren't as clear as they would be say on a on a uh, a nice summer night or something but they kind of reflected in the falling snowflakes and just the mixture of the snow and the fireworks was stunning and i sat there um and watched the whole I, I stood there, rather, at the, the window of the third story of the, the school, just staring out at it and just in awe for 25 minutes or however long the, the display lasted. I just watched the whole thing. And it was also the sound was amazing because, you know, when snow falls, particularly heavy snow, things really quiet down to where you can even kind of hear, you kind of feel like you can hear the snow landing, don't you? Like there's sort of a crispness or... um a light rustling during a big snowstorm like that. And so that 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 light rustling and that Christmas would be shattered at times by the by the sound of the explosions, which would of course occur just after the flash, you know um, and uh, man, I, I that is an image that I will that I that I keep uh, in my brain and and in my heart, and and I will hold very closely for the rest of my life. I had been in Korea for a little under a year at that point, 
And I was considering whether or not I should sign on for another year or if I should go home. So to be watching that fireworks display at somewhat of a crossroads for me um, was really special. And and I would, you know, I don't I don't remember thinking at that moment, uh, coming to a decision right at that moment. But I bet that 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 image had something to do with me signing on for another year. And, um, yeah, just that first year had gone so quickly and I had seen so many things um, and uh, wanted to see more uh, over there. And that, a fireworks display in one of the biggest snowstorms I've ever been in, um, <laughs> certainly uh, didn't hurt the idea of staying there a little longer. So uh, I just wanted to share that with you. Uh, the Chinese New Year, I um, I love I love our New Year. I love uh, the traditions we have, and I'm sure with some American New Year's Eves, it's been snowing somewhere and they've had fireworks displays. I've just never seen it. This was a fire. I feel like though. <laughs> under, I don't know, other circumstances, that fireworks display would have been canceled because, uh, hey, maybe the fireworks will get too soggy and not go off, or who's going to be here to watch them? Um, you know, that's always the concern. Can you shoot off fireworks in the rain? Yeah, I mean, I guess some will be successful, but the thing is, is the people who are going to go watch them aren't there, so do you still shoot them off? In this case, they didn't care. They were shooting those things off, and... uh Man, how cool! That didn't the, the snow did not sell, stop the celebration. And in fact, it may have enhanced it. It certainly uh, certainly made for a cool uh, cool uh, moment for me. And uh, then I, you know, after the display, I I <laughs> I also did something that I'd never done before. I got on my bike and rode home. <laughs> and here's what actually happened: I got on my bike, rode for about. Uh, Oh, maybe just across the street um, in, boy, eight inches at that point or something. I mean, it was a lot of snow. Realized it was uh, nigh impossible and then ended up walking my bike home the rest of the way. Um, So, yeah, I loved my bike in Korea, man. I loved it. I lived there for a few months and saw that uh, there were so many people on bikes and – it was pretty easy to get around in that town. The the taxis were cheap and and uh, and plentiful, and um, tipping was uh, not a thing. So you I, you know to get across town, it would cost me three bucks. Um, I often tipped, um, even though occasionally it caused fights because. Uh, it was so uncommon that that there were times where I think uh, some of the drivers were, like, insulted by it. Um, like, hey, uh, you know, you're a cab driver. You probably need extra money, which was not at all what my intention was. Um, so, but you didn't have to tip. And if, and if you did, sometimes it was met with uh, gratitude. Other times it was, it was not. And um, so, anyway, it was easy to get around. But... The traffic was real was was uh, kind of rough. Things would get snarled, and the driving was 
Oh boy, some of those rides were white knuckle. I mean, traffic rules, traffic laws were a suggestion there, not uh, hard and fast laws. Um, boy, oh boy, there were some. <laughs> I mean, I remember being in one cab that, uh, in order to get around a car, got on the sidewalk, and I'm not making that up. <laughs> And people just sort of got out of the way, and uh, there was some honking, and he <laughs> he went slow, but he was still on the sidewalk. So, um, uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, anyway, I decided and that I wanted a bike, and I thought, hell, it would be uh, fun anyway, and some good exercise to get a bike. So I ended up buying a bike there, and I rode that thing all over and loved it. There, I lived uh, close to a river, and there was a, tr- uh, a, a, a nice bike trail along the river and man I remember going well I, I just I just picked a direction my the first time I went on that trail and when I can go right or left and I went left and uh rode for miles miles and I wasn't it's have you ever walked or hiked or ridden a bike or whatever or even driven in a, in a place you don't know and uh you get to a certain point and you go I better turn back because I have no idea where I'm at and I also don't have the communication skills. I don't speak enough Korean to uh, <laughs> tell, ask, how, how do I get back? But in this case, well, it was a pretty straight trail that just went along the river. I just knew, hey, if I, if I turn around, I'm, gonna, I'm eventually going to run back into my apartment building. So it wasn't uh, – but, but I went far enough to kind of get a little concerned, even though I knew damn well how to get back. But uh, it was great, great having a bike. And so a couple of my friends over there bought motor scooters, um, bad motor scooters, if you're a Montrose fan. <laughs> um, man, they had those, and those looked like they were so fun. And I, I never bit the bullet and got one. You could get them for like 600 bucks, and just tool around town on a little scooter. Oh, they did look fun. But I just got a tra- the traditional bike. And uh, one time, I remember, uh, I, I'm still still baffled as to how I did not uh, pass away on this day. Because here's what happened. I would take this bike everywhere, and I got pretty good on it to where I could go a, uh, a fair distance without holding onto the handlebars. I could go uh, a fair distance uh, carrying things and still being able to ride the bike just fine. So I went up to um, the the corner market for my apartment complex, and I was being particularly lazy because it wasn't a long walk. But I went, ah, hell with it, I'm going to take my bike. So I ride my bike up there, and I get uh, like six six plastic bags uh, of groceries and um, some, some heavy things or whatever, milk and uh, beer. The beer over there, uh, most of it came in... You could get it in cans and bottles, but at, at grocery stores, most of it came in two-liter plastic bottles. So <laughs> I had a couple two-liters of two-liter plastic bottles of beer, <laughs> um, and uh, some you know just a, a, your typical grocery stuff. And uh, I went, okay, I'll put three. I'll, t- I'll try to balance this while I'm on the bike. I'll put three bags on. Uh, one side, one in one hand, and three bags in the other, and I'll attach them to the to the. Uh, I'll hang three bags from either side of the handlebars, 
and that should balance things out, and then I can just take the short trip to my apartment. Um, there was a little bit of danger because there were speed bumps, so I would have to maneuver those. <laughs> and on the way back from the market, it was mostly downhill. So I uh, balance out the bags as well, as best I think I can uh, on the handlebars, and I'm uh, holding on to... Um, they're, 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 there's threat of them sliding off. So what I do, um, <laughs> unwisely, but at the time I thought was a good idea, I stuck my fingers underneath the plastic straps so that the bag, the weight of the bags wa- uh, was holding my fingers down to the handlebars. Uh, I just sort of intertwined my fingers with the straps of the bag so that uh, nothing could slip out. My hands weren't going to fly off the handlebars. But what that did was essentially handcuffed me to the handlebars, which you wouldn't think was a problem until. I'm uh, going a lot faster down the hill than I thought uh, because I didn't take into account that the heavy groceries were going to uh, make me go faster. So I hit a speed bump way harder than I ever had before and had planned. And that causes me to lose complete control of the uh, the bike. And I still don't know how, how this happened. I like to think, well, I'll just tell you what happened and then I'll tell you what I think happened. The bike starts going out of control. It's wobbling like crazy. <laughs> and somehow I don't wipe out. I don't fall to the side. I don't flip. Nothing like that. I'm able to, as I'm speeding down this small road with these groceries on this bike and and wobbling like crazy, somehow I was able to simply swing my left leg over the, the middle of the bike, the bar there, and while lifting up my hands... Uh, I somehow grip the plastic straps of the bags So I, at the same time. So I swing my leg over, I, get, I grab the bags, and I ju- I, I'm, I'm not making this up. I just stepped off the bike and walked three steps and just stood there and watched my bike careen out of control and hit a tree. <laughs> I don't know how I did it. I'm I, I'm still I'm still quite confused by it. I'm not a coordinated man. Um, I I think there was some divine intervention here. I think uh, whoever uh, <laughs> looked down and went, this guy needs some help, and kind of grabbed me by the back of the shirt and helped lift me off that bike and set me on my way. I don't know how I wasn't at the very least a little hurt. There was nothing and. The, the groceries, I got them off the handlebars in a half a second, and uh, n- none of those broke. Because in my head, for a second there, I went, I'm going to be severely hurt, and all my groceries are going to be destroyed. So it was like a terrible situation. None of that happened. I somehow was overcome with the amount of, of, of grace and steadiness and skill it required for me to swing my one leg over lift the groceries, and just step off the bike. And then kind of, uh, you know, quickly walk 
like three steps from the momentum and then just stand there and watch my bike crash. I, I, I'm still baffled. I, I, this wasn't really, this was sort of pre cell phone video camera. So because as, as soon as I was wobbling and I wobbled for a while on this thing and, and by a while, it, hell, it could have been 20 feet, but it felt like forever. And I'd like to think that had there been video cameras on phones at the time, people would have uh, recorded it and we could have seen exactly how I did this. And then I would have also had evidence of uh, (laughs) this split second (laughs) of complete and utter coordination, which I never have. Um, So and the the bike, uh, boy, did it slam into that tree, but it was fine. And I picked it up and uh, did not. I did not thumb my nose at uh, fate. I I walked my bike back to uh, the apartment and uh, <laughs> and the groceries and everything was fine and I whew, I still get a little little nervous telling it because I I thought I thought for sure multiple broken bones. <laughs> oh, I would have loved to have seen it. I would have loved to have seen uh, seen seen it happen, but uh, hey, I lived it. I guess that was that's that's it was quite a thrill. I loved that bike, and I I would uh, the kids loved it too. They they couldn't believe my students couldn't believe how funny it was when they would see me pedaling up to the school. They just howled, um, watching this gigantic American. <laughs> on this little mountain bike, just wheel up and uh, pull out my my chain there and lock it up on the bike thing and <laughs> teacher. Oh, they they would always call me teacher and uh, oh, teacher. You 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 ride a bike and oh boy, they were overjoyed. And uh... by the way, if I ever slip into that voice like I just did, uh, please know that I'm not being uh, insensitive. It's just that's how I hear it, and that's how it was said. And uh, if I'm also, if I ever slip into that voice and I and I transpose the R and Ls, please believe me that that is a stereotype for a reason. Uh, that is alive and well, folks. You may not want to hear it, but it's true. When I taught in Korea, I was invited to runch way more than I was invited to lunch, and that's just a fact. You uh, you can get mad about it if you want to. Uh, <laughs> That's just something they do, and it's and there's a good reason for it. In the in the Korean language, and I, so presumably in other Asian languages as well, the L and the R are, are that's like one letter in Korea. They don't have two separate letters for those, so um, that's why it's often transposed. So there's a reason for it, but I'm telling you, it happens a lot. So if you ever hear somebody do that, if they're if they're being rude. Uh, and making fun of somebody. Well, then, yeah, of course. But the reality is that that's a thing. And, um, you know, so if I slip on, if I if I end up doing that, don't uh, think I'm being insensitive. I'm, I'm actually being somewhat accurate, particularly with the people uh, that I knew um, they, who were my friends. And we would, I would tease them. I go, you're, you are teach, And, they're, you know, Korean, I think, there, yeah, there were a couple male but they were mostly female, the the uh, Korean teachers, and by that I mean the teachers who were Korean. They, uh, boy, I would go. You know better. You're teaching this. It's not runch. 
<laughs> and they'd laugh and tease me about my terrible uh, uh, when I would try to speak to speak Korean. They would, of course, make fun of me. It was fun. And uh, I think we all became better speakers at both because of, we were teasing each other. Um, so anyway, I loved riding my bike, and I would park it at, at the school when I would teach. And one day, uh, a buddy of mine, and a, a, a Canadian teacher, and I are walking out of the school. We're done for the day. <laughs> or maybe maybe I had a couple hours off or whatever, and I was going to go uh, wherever, to a restaurant or back to my apartment. And the parent of one of my students is outside, and she is... Um, a gorgeous mom. She's just beautiful. I mean, uh, in fact, she was she was what you would call sexy. She was really, really hot. And we had seen her before, but uh, and we'd always kind of been like, oh man, I wish I knew the language. I could talk to her or whatever. Well, it turns out she spoke English, and she wanted to meet me. And so she came up, and she wanted to tell me how. Uh, <laughs> how much her son enjoyed my class and how much he was learning. And it was really nice to hear. So it was nice to hear. And I was now getting a chance to talk to this attractive woman. And so uh, we start talking and she has her car there and I'm at my bike, you know, getting ready to unlock it. And and uh, she it's raining a little bit outside. And <laughs> she's uh, she speaks very broken English, but we could understand each other. And um uh, so she would say things like, uh, it, it rain and, uh, I'd say, oh yes, it is raining and that, that sort of thing. And, uh, so she points to her car and very kindly says, can I ride you? Meaning, may I give you a lift to wherever you're going? And, um, I'm able to keep my composure until I hear my buddy behind me do one of these. He's like, <laughs> and uh, I go, uh, uh, and she goes, can I ride you? Like she said it again. And I, I, I kind of laugh or whatever. <laughs> I can't help it. I'm sort of smiling. And, uh, um, and I, uh, I said, well, I've got my bike. Uh, so no, thank you. And she says, uh, please, uh, it rain. Uh, can I ride you? And uh, my buddy, I can tell, is losing it behind me, but trying to keep his composure. And I'm, uh, I have to keep my composure for sure because I'm talking to this nice lady. And she wouldn't even know what we were laughing about anyway, I don't think. And so, uh, but she's crazy hot. And so for, <laughs> let's say somebody that you were really attracted to just came up to you and said, can I ride you? You, you, would, you would be, uh, well, it, it might throw you off a little bit. And so that's what was happening here. And so... Uh, <laughs> I so I kind of started playing up, trying to make my buddy laugh. Uh, so she said, "Can I ride you?" And I said, "You know, uh, that sounds that sounds it sounds really nice. Uh, I would love for you to ride me, but I've got my bike here, and so he can't take it anymore. And he he went back inside the school. <laughs> and she again, she did. She asked me six or seven times, "Can I ride you?" And I was able to keep it together enough. And I said, no, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Your son's a good student, and uh, it was nice meeting you. <laughs> and she's like, okay. And so they left uh, uh, in, their, in her car, and I, I took the bike home or whatever. Um, ah, language can be a funny, funny thing. Um, but it's a, it's, that was also a thrill, having an attractive woman ask if she can ride me. 
even though she was asking, can I give you a ride? Uh, which is fine. That's, uh, <laughs> I wanted uh, I wanted to say, and I was I joked with my uh, buddy about it later, um, but I knew that it wouldn't make any sense to her. <laughs> or whatever is when she said, "Can I ride you?" I wanted to say, "Oh, you don't have to. Your son's already getting an A," and uh, I, but that would have been just for, it. It wouldn't have worked. I don't think my buddy would have laughed. But uh, uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, that bike. I am sad to report my bike that I loved so much when I was living in Korea, that I would ride around all the time to get places and sometimes for fun and exercise. I was in the best shape of my life when I lived in Korea. I was still fat, but I was in the best shape of my life. <laughs> and um, uh, I would go to bars and, uh, and, then, uh, and get drunk and then ride my bike home. And I did not realize, because in my head, it was like, oh, this is a safer, safer alternative. I mean, again, I could have gotten cabs, but this is a safer alternative than just trying to stumble home. I'll ride my bike. Uh, almost impossible. If you've never ridden a bike drunk, it is not easy. It's <laughs> it's difficult. So I only did that a couple times. But what I used to like to do was to get a, a nice buzz on, say, like a Sunday night when uh, the roads were pretty empty, and I could stay out a little later than uh, – because at this point, I was teaching from noon to, to 10 or whatever. I didn't have to get up in the mornings. And I would ride my bike with a slight buzz, listening to headphones on the empty streets of this uh, metropolis that I lived in. But but it was, I, I think I've described it before. It's like this this little, t- little city with a bunch of huge buildings and stuff and uh, bustling, um, typically. But on those Sunday nights, it was like virtually empty. And it was also in the middle of a rural area, so you'd be you'd be driving one block by towering apartment buildings, and then the next you'd come across like a farm. And uh, so I would ride my bike, all, listening to my headphones, and just singing loud and uh, probably disturbing some people who wanted to rest or relax. <laughs> but man, oh man, I had fun just oh, riding my bike. I remember in particular one night uh, having a good buzz and riding my bike down an empty street and uh, scream singing Pearl Jam's uh, elderly woman behind a counter in a small town. And uh, just, oh, boy, oh, boy. I mean, that was, uh, that, that was, uh, if, if I'm sure somebody looked out their window and saw that and went, boy, that's something. So anyway, I'm sad to report. That uh, my bike was eventually stolen. And, um, oh, I was heartbroken. Heartbroken. I came down one morning to the bike rack outside the apartment complex. And uh, my chain was still hanging there, snapped in half, or cut in half. And the bike was gone. And bike thieves were rampant over there. In fact, when I bought that bike, I was told... By a few people, well, when it gets stolen, <laughs> you'll have to get a new one or whatever. And uh, I was like, what What do you mean? I've got a lock. I've got a, it'll be fine. Nope. Got stolen. And you would see these uh, pickup trucks every now and again driving down the road. And the backs of them would have, they would be piled high with bicycles. And uh, the first time I saw one, I went, check that out. And somebody goes, yeah, those are the bike thieves. I was like, what? They just... 
So they go around and they cut bikes off their chains and uh, they just throw them in their trucks and people can just see that that's what they're doing. And they're like, yeah, yeah, nobody can really stop them because you can't. <laughs> and then they would go to their like own garages or whatever and sell them. They would just they would just kind of fix them up a little bit and resell them. So I uh, would you know I, whenever I saw one of those those trucks drive by, I'd go, "Is my bike on there?" Nah. Dang it! I didn't buy another one. I uh, I should have. By the time it got stolen, I was I knew I was only going to be there for another couple months, and I went, "Ah, I guess I'll do without." But uh, I wanted to buy a bike this past summer, but as a lot of you may know, it was almost impossible. Uh, everybody else had the same idea, of course. Which was, man, we can't really go anywhere, but we want to get out of the house. And so, uh, you know, bike sales were through the roof, which is terrific. But I, you know what? I did buy a bike. And uh, I had it sent to my house. It needed assembly. I went, you know what? I've gotten fairly handy. I can put a bike together. My gosh, this thing, I spent three days on it. Not not full days, of course. But a couple hours here, a couple hours there. I could not get this bike to work. I got it put together. But I, the chain, there was I, I couldn't figure it out, and I went, damn it, I guess I'm not as smart as I thought I was. And I took it to a bike shop, and uh, they looked at it, and they said, we can't fix this thing. And I said, what? And they were like, well, it's missing a couple parts, and this thing's way broken, um, so you get you just got a shoddy bike. And I went, oh, okay. It was, I kinda, I, part of me felt good that it wasn't me, that I <laughs> had everything been where it was supposed to be, I would have been able to fix it or put it together. But uh, So I had to send that back, and... Then I didn't trust getting a, a a bike shipped to me, so I should go now. I should go now and look because I would really love to have a, a one again. I I love it. Those first couple of weeks, if you if you've never, if you're not a, a, a consistent bike rider, I remember in Korea getting a bike and then riding it for a long time, and you feel it. I'll tell you that there is some some definite soreness as, as your body gets used to sitting on that seat. Uh, boy, I mean, yeah, yeah, just a. Uh, if I were to write a book about it, I think I would just call it Taint Pain because that's what it was for a, a couple weeks there. What else is happening this week? Uh, Valentine's Day, of course, coming up on the 14th. And I'm going to talk a little bit about it uh, because it's something, uh, well, the something that I would like us to work on this week involves Valentine's Day. So let's get right to it. Here's what I would like for us to work on this week. Oh! Why not celebrate? Maybe a little champagne. You got your best gal or your best guy by your side. Oh! You just had a nice dinner. Maybe you're going to dance it up a little bit. Oh, this sounds like a party. Valentine's Day. Well, here's what I'd like for all of us to work on this week. And it kind of, uh, it can it can apply to other weeks, but... Um, it's 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 very Valentine's, it's fairly Valentine specific. A couple things here, all right. If you are celebrating Valentine's Day with somebody that you love and care about, go easy on yourself, all right. Don't put so much pressure on yourself. Enjoy this. This shouldn't be a chore. This shouldn't be a hassle, and it shouldn't be something that makes you nervous. This should be a celebration of your love. And, uh, of course, think about, you know, put some thought into a gift you'd like to give uh, your your valentine. Think about what it is they like and how you can spoil them a little bit on that day. And uh, 
you know, uh, work within your budget. You don't have to go crazy. Just make it special. And special can be something, uh, words that you tell them or uh, a, a card that you write them or, or uh, and of course, a little gift. But don't get stressed out about it. That's not what this is about. Your Valentine, uh, if he or she is a true Valentine, wouldn't want you to get stressed about it, all right? Just uh, get what you need to get, get what you'd like to get, and uh, enjoy it. Enjoy the process of buying for your Valentine. That should be a, it should be a, a fun, exciting thing. It shouldn't be stressful. So go easy on yourself this Valentine's Day, all right? Give yourself a little leeway. No pressure. You know what she likes. You know what he likes. Just get it or do it or say it. And uh, if you're not celebrating with a Valentine this year, there's no reason why you can't celebrate still. Uh, you may not be in a relationship, and you might be bummed about it, but if you're bummed about it, that means that you believe in relationships and you believe in love and you're just longing for it. So celebrate the love that you do have that is around you. Maybe it's as simple as uh, calling your parents on Valentine's Day and saying, you know what, you guys have been together for a while, and it's uh, an inspiration to me, and I look forward to having that with somebody. There's no, there's nothing wrong with that. It's a really great thing to still, I've always loved Valentine's Day, regardless of whether I'm with somebody or not, because it's a celebration of love. Don't you love uh, when you see people together and they're happy, even if you're single? I, I don't know. Maybe it's it's tough for some people. Uh, it, it isn't for me. I, I, I love uh, when people are in love. I think it's so I think it's super cool, and uh, it should be celebrated. And Valentine's Day can absolutely be celebrated alone. Spoil yourself. Give yourself uh, a, a gift or or get your favorite meal or go get a uh, petty or a mani or a massage or something. Treat yourself. And uh, I'm going to say let somebody who you love know that they're very special to you. And, that, and yes, Valentine's Day is mostly romantic so there's uh but it doesn't mean that you can't uh, that your your uh, daughter couldn't be your valentine or your niece couldn't be your valentine it doesn't have to be romantic it can be just about the love that you guys share so that's what we'll work on this week celebrating somebody else's love uh as well as your own if you've got it all right and I, trust me if you're single right now and uh you don't you don't have a valentine per se you are loved, all right? At the very least, you are loved by me, and, uh, well, I mean, could you need anything else than that? Have a wonderful Chinese New Year and a very happy Valentine's Day.